1: And this is Anna. And this is
0: You've Got 5 Options show. And I hope that there is anyone in this world that can hear us right now because we have just moved to the new studio where things are as mysterious as this wonderful piece of music that you just heard from Anthony Ryan. Actually, no, it's from your band called ISAN. Yeah. It's not Isis. That's a mistake I made once. Uh, so hello, everyone, <laughs> although ga- good for publicity, because, you know, people might be uh, Googling ISIS and, uh, you know, find ISIS, which has nothing to do with <laughs> terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, hello, everyone, uh, guys, I hope that you can hear us. This is You've Got Five Options with a very, very strange intro. Welcome, everyone, on this beautiful
1: Friday afternoon, we will now properly start with our live show. And uh, what we will start with is an introduction of our guest of today. Hello, Anthony. Hello. Welcome to our live show. And can you please tell us who are you?
2: Well, my name is Anthony. Um, I am an English person who's been living here in Denmark for uh, eight years. Actually, I think this October is my eight year anniversary of living in Felsia in Denmark. I was in sweden for two years before that and a year in copenhagen before that so i'm a 10-year veteran expat now um in the in the scandies um i uh, yeah i'm uh, i'm half of a band called isan which is what we were listening to in the intro there um, not not isis not isis no isan isan yeah which can stand for a lot of things like the International yeah. Standard Audiovisual Number or the International Society of Autonomic Neurosciences and a lot of other things. In fact, even the northern region of Thailand, um, which is and we didn't name ourselves after any of those things. Um,
0: yeah, I actually found on uh, online that this uh, Thailand region and I was like, hmm, maybe there is lo- some sort of a secret meaning.
2: There isn't a secret meaning, but I was there and it was really, really nice to be standing in ISAN in Thailand and they yeah. do a really, really good cr- crab salad okay <laughs> that's a specialty of the region that so.
0: goes really good uh, g- that goes really well with your music for sure no i
2: think a tea a cup of tea goes best with the music especially the piece that i chose that um okay. to, to play today
0: we will listen to it again Don't so for it. today's
1: show is called what the heck am i doing here as an expat and my first question is is Scandies a real thing
2: yeah <laughs> the scandies <laughs>
1: like the Scandinavian, the Scandinavian. Yeah. yeah. All of
2: those countries with the similar format flag.
1: It's a really cool word. It's another word that I have learned today with Anthony here. So yes,
0: because he's a native British speaker. So uh, I will be honest with you guys. Fifteen percent of the time I don't understand him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. No, I kind of understand you. But yeah, that's a that's a cool one. Yes. Yeah, ca- Scandi. We know now that you have been
1: around Scandis for uh, 10 years plus and mm-hmm. you're a veteran. And uh, what have you been doing in the Scandis for the 10 years?
2: Well, um, I'm a, I was actu- as a musician, I was playing a concert in, actually in Philadelphia, a small festival in July 2007 um, with Robin, the other half of the band. And um, I did the fairly typical thing, um, which is I met a nice Danish person and uh, was living here three months later <laughs> and have been here since.
1: Three months. So it must have been a pretty impactful uh, Danish person that you've met.
2: You could say wait, that. Wait yeah. a
0: moment. What? Three months? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> but some
2: things have to be done in life, don't they? So. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: Definitely, three months.
2: So that was all. That was all very exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, we lived in Copenhagen, um, and uh, we got married, and then we went to Sweden for two years to um, learn to blow glass, which is something that I never <laughs> expected in a million years might be the kind of thing I'd find myself doing. But um, apparently, it turns out I'm a certified, uh, or I got a certificate for learning to assist glass blowers.
1: You're a glass glass blower assistant?
2: Yeah, I could be. I haven't done it for 8 years, but um yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, that's what
2: you did in Sweden. That's what we did in Sweden. Okay. And then we moved back to Denmark with the with the idea of yeah, setting up a glass studio and then for various reasons it was What?
0: (laughs) Okay, for everyone who is listening, although I am getting messages that uh, the stream is somehow disturbed, that sometimes we are on, sometimes we are off. For everyone who is listening to us right now and has difficulties, technical difficulties, we would like to ensure you that in a week, this recording will be released as a podcast or on a YouTube channel, so don't worry, guys. Just bear with us because the radio is fixing the streaming issues. Uh, but um, for those of uh, those, those of you who have listened to, who will be listening to our other program with Anthony, where he actually came out as Paul, no, the other way around. Paul came out as Anthony. We solved his challenge without really knowing here back in the day. Uh, and then uh I, I know anthony uh privately a little bit I would say and I am just like you were blowing a glass
2: yeah that's a pretty it's a pretty
0: is that even uh what, what is, is that like a um a hobby a business what
2: well it's not really a, it's a very difficult business to be in which is why um we ended up not doing it even after um doing the, the school training and everything. There's a glass school in Sweden in a small village called Orofors, which is in the middle of the forest of Sweden. I mean, it's you think you've been to Nowheresville. This is super Nowheresville. <laughs> 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 Except there's 200 houses and an enormous glass factory and a glass school, which is the national glass school of Sweden. Um, and, uh, yeah, my ex-wife, she got a place at the glass school, so we just moved there for two years and learned to do it. And there was nothing else for me to do <laughs>
1: <laughs> then to blow then glass. To,
2: So I went to the school as well. Yeah. So.
1: So almost like 10 years plus ago you saw that girl mm-hmm. and you moved to Denmark. Then mm-hmm. you blew glass in, in Sweden, Sweden
2: for, lived two that girl. for two years yeah. with that girl. <laughs> then <You> we, <laughs> came, we came back to Denmark and then we had a baby and um yeah we separated a couple two, what about three years ago now I
0: think so, so. you're not blowing a glass with her anymore <laughs> <laughs> no
2: no but i still have a lot of glass stuff around the house okay. stuff that i made or that yeah that we made so or that uh, that friends made as well
0: okay um um but I'm speechless, Marta, continue.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> continue. Uh, well, what, <laughs> the I didn't know that the interview will be so much about glassblowing <laughs> because I thought it will be much more about Aysan because I wanted to tell you guys that there is a rumor that Anthony and his other half, Robin,
0: which is a guy,
1: have turned down Radiohead.
2: It, it's true. Yeah, we did. We were offered a support tour with them back in I think it was 2003 or something because they'd heard a record and uh, and they really liked it and um yeah we we said no
0: why <laughs> you know I I am not a singer but if Radiohead would ask me to open for them i could just go and open with I don't know blowing glass <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> it's like that tell us tell us what's the story here part of it
2: was fear I mean. Radiohead are one of the biggest bands on the planet. I mean, what you got, Depeche Mode, U2, Radiohead. Yeah. I mean, you know, how terrifying would it be to stand in front of their fans to try and do something? That was, I think, was part of it because we were only at the start of our live career then. We'd only done a, a handful of shows. And the other was a, was a, a financial issue, which is... Um, and this is nothing to do with the bands themselves, but with the the way that the bands are managed and tour costs and everything. Support artists typically get about a hundred euros a night, and that's to cover all transport costs, all accommodation costs, and living expenses. And uh, yeah, if you're doing 20, twenty, thirty shows or something like that over a period of a few weeks, with um, you know car hire staying in places whatever and going from venue to venue to venue to venue night after night after night it's really really expensive so we would have had to probably take a loan on the house or something to you know a a bank loan to 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 actually fund it and for that reason it was it was too much for us at that time and we said um thanks but sorry we can't
1: such a pity that couch surfing was not an option at that point of time
2: yeah exactly yeah yeah. Uh,
1: i
0: have a question would you open for share for share yes because if uh, if uh, Cheryl for sure would ask you if I could turn back time.
2: Well, the thing <laughs> is, I do believe in life after love. So, yeah, I probably would.
0: OK, but if Cheryl would ask you if you could turn back time and now you would get the same offer from Radiohead. Yeah, Pet. totally.
2: I'd borrow the money. Yeah, it's, the, it's I, I don't regret many of the decisions. I've, in fact, any of the decisions I have made in life, but that's the one that I regret.
1: And okay. the- so Radiohead, if you're listening to <laughs> our show,
0: <laughs> Ison is are? ready to open for you <laughs> no just just like if by any wild chance uh, any of the member of radio is listening <laughs> first of all <laughs> visit the five options.com <laughs> because that's a cool site but second of all yeah definitely uh, there is someone with a regret so just just give him a call yeah yeah
1: okay so We know there is something like Eisen, and and we know that there's Anthony, and we know that there's Robin. Mm -hmm. Who is a man. Who is a man, but that's also an interesting piece of a story. Where's Robin?
2: Robin's in England. He lives in Suffolk, Um, and we've never made music in the same room, or very, very rarely made music in the same room. It's always been a a, a collaborative project that we've done, yeah, working entirely separately. So... um, for example, the piece of music that you, um, you that I've, I've, I've selected for today is actually by Robin, and it's a cover version of a of a, a piece by Eric Satie. Um, because I really feel very uncomfortable playing mu- our music for other people, so if I have to, then usually I pick something that's been done by Robin, um, because Why? that takes the weight off my shoulders, and and also because the because of the way we work, I can genuinely enjoy Robin's work um, as a. Because the, the way we work is that Robin will do something and he'll send it to me. And if I like it, then it gets the I send stamp and it works the other way around as well. If I send something to Robin um, and occasionally we collaborate on stuff and work on each other's pieces by sending. Now we can send projects over the Internet. But but back in the day, it was just on tape and I would send Robin a finished song and he would either say, "Yep, yeah, thumbs up. That's a good one. Or no, that's really not good and it would just get deleted and forgotten about. And the ones that we both approved would get the ISAN label or stamp and we'd collect them together and at some point release them. Um and 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 that's really the, the thing I enjoy most about working with Robin that way is that we're always trying to entertain or excite the other person and that's the thing that comes first. If I if Robin likes something that I've done, that's the thing that makes me, you know, yes. <laughs> and then there surely then will be some other people that probably enjoy that as well. Um, and I love to hear what Robin does. You know, how does he do that? I still don't know how he works after all these years. We've been recording together for or making music together for, uh, was it 96 was our first official release? So it's been, um, you yeah, know, what, 22, 22 years? So um, it's a
1: pretty amazing story because you are like a duo.
2: We're a duo. That, yeah, yeah, that
1: doesn't actually work like together physically
2: the only time i see him is at weddings um like robin and gala his his partner's wedding in may or if we're playing a show so i'm looking forward to seeing him in in italy
0: in italy yes
2: and we're doing new songs that we haven't or rather we're doing songs that we've not really played often together before um, and we're redeveloping them because this particular concert is in a church so it's got this huge reverb that we need to work in yeah. Um, so we're modifying the songs, some songs that we have to work in the church uh, environment, um, and yeah, we won't have tried them until we actually meet and we're, we're standing or sitting next to each other in the venue with the speakers on, trying to play something. So and that I makes re- it really exciting. That's you know, you never know what's quite going to happen.
0: Or suicidal. So, <laughs> or so
1: so for the artist, <laughs> okay. I really want to get into playing that music now. But first of all, church music. I thought. W- w- Okay, what's the genre (laughs) of the music that you do?
2: When we do electronic music that you wouldn't normally dance to, though occasionally some people do at festivals, but that's pretty rare. Um, But it's just electronic instrumental music to listen to. It's not entirely ambient, but you could put it on as background music or you could listen to it on the bus or, you know, people use it in films and TV and and commercials and things like this. So it's just, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, my boyfriend listens to your music. He says that it relaxes him.
2: Yeah. So I think it's uh it's that kind it's of
0: relaxation music as well.
2: But it's not that kind of, you know, it's not meditating music or pan mm-hmm. pipes and, you know, sort of yeah. it's not new age or, you know, typically ambient. You know, some ambient music is very, very quiet and is 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 very, very minimal. So we try and put a lot of detail and interesting stuff into the into the music. So it's good for listening and constant, you know, if you really want to listen to it there should be plenty there too keep you interested but at the same time if you just want to do the washing up and have it on or go to bed then that should be okay too
0: the last question before we'll mm. play it, have you ever considered techno music
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah you yes yes we had a short a short and unsuccessful career in techno <laughs> as the gaussian pulse <laughs> before sorry, we started I as- Yeah.
0: i would like to make an announcement before we will play because now we will play actually the first piece uh, what is the title it's uh, number one
2: Number one.
0: It's yeah. actually number one. So yeah. before that, I would like to make a special anou- announcement. John from Finland. If you still have that techno tape that Anthony made back in the day, please get back to us. And now, Aysan with number one.
1: So that was a pretty relaxing piece of music. And uh, we need that today at the studio. Uh, <laughs> Yo, it's, yes, uh, pretty...
0: we, we just discovered that we are not really on air, guys. So for all of you who are waiting there and listening, trying to listen to us, we have a good news. If you are listening to us right now, it means that you have found the podcast or YouTube a recording and this is uh, perfect because you haven't missed anything. To be honest, so now we are back. Marta, what do we have in our schedule? Now it's the second part and it's entitled "What the heck am
1: I doing here?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a so question what? that becomes like double relevant today. But uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but you, it is.
2: You know, you know what the heck I'm doing here now. Yes, but th- it, to me it seems like there are two types of expats that I meet. There are those who uh, are um here as uh, through love <laughs> and there are mm-hmm. the, and then there are those who are here because they've been hired to work somewhere
0: um,
1: yeah so that was a pretty relaxing piece of music and uh, we need that today at the studio uh, <laughs> oh, it's yes, uh, we pretty
0: do. <laughs> We just discovered that we are not really on air, guys. So for all of you who are waiting there and listening, trying to listen to us, we have a good news. If you are listening to us right now, it means that you have found the podcast or YouTube recording. And this is uh, perfect because you haven't missed anything, to be honest. So now we are back. Marta, what do we have in our schedule <laughs> now it's the second part and it's entitled what the heck am i doing
1: here <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a so question what? that becomes like double relevant today but uh <laughs> yeah, but and it and is
2: you know you know what the heck i'm doing here now yes but there's, to me it seems like there are two types of expats that i meet there are those who are here as uh, through love <laughs> and there are mm-hmm. the, and then there are those who are here because they've been hired to work somewhere um, yeah, but I, fa- it, I, I fall into the first category, so... Yeah. It doesn't
0: really seem like people make a conscious choice, like, I want to live in Denmark because the weather is so great <laughs> and this is a country of my dreams. It, it kind of looks like most of people are here following the Danish partner or uh, just being here due to the professional reason, because regardless of how uh, nice this country is, it, the weather can be sucky. Well, I have met
1: some people that have come to Denmark because they thought it was a lovely place. Mm -hmm. And when I first took my decision, I came first to Denmark as a student. I could choose between Denmark, Finland and Portugal. And I actually chose Denmark because my favorite writer, Joanna Chmielewska, she was uh, placing several of her books. The action was placed in Denmark and I thought it sounded so interesting. I really wanted to visit this country. So I think some people, and I hope I'm not the only one of them <laughs> who came to Denmark for uh, one of uh, these two other reasons. No, but I came as a student the first time. So, yeah. of course, there was something more than that. But now I have five interesting facts about Denmark that I would like to hear your opinion, Anthony. As an expat who has tried the candies for a while
2: mm-hmm.
1: and now <laughs> is stable in Denmark for eight years... So, fact number one, six to eight hours of daylight in winter time is not a joke. How do you cope with that?
2: By making the most of the daylight when it is there. But then I'm lucky because I'm self-employed, I can choose when to go out for a run. So I'll wait until it's at least light and but go out and enjoy that, is that it. Is that true?
1: Is that true that in Denmark, in winter time there are days where there is no more than six hours of daylight?
2: Yeah, that would be about right. And it was worse when we lived in Sweden because we were a bit more north.
0: Okay so uh, but uh, I, I do have to say that there is something curious about Denmark. The, in the summer, it's really light for uh, like until midnight. It's where, way lighter than for instance in Poland is. Mm-hmm. but in a uh, in winter you feel like in Game of Thrones sometimes. So if you want to
1: survive in Denmark in winter time, you should be self-employed and choose yourself when you go out and enjoy the few. Of the sunlight.
2: That's a good strategy. Or take vitamin D. Or take vitamin D, yeah. Or use Mm -hmm. a solarium, which there's one on every corner of every block.
1: Coincidence? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Okay, fact number two. Denmark is one of the happiest countries in the world. Is it really? What's your opinion? I
2: think you'd have to ask a Dane.
1: No, it's it's a question to you. You have been here now for eight years.
2: I, I could see lots of reasons why it would be one of the happiest countries in the world. Yeah,
1: so so that's a fact. So there is actually like a measurement, you know, happening in the world. And Denmark has several times won as the happiest country in the world. But what's your take on it?
0: Do you feel that people here are so happy? Maybe not as a. maybe you don't have to talk on behalf of Danes, But actually, if Denmark is the happiest country in the world, we all, including international people, should be happy. So maybe you can take this take.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can see the benefits of the Danish society around, and how relatively there are people have to, people struggle less, people who are without work or people who are ill or disabled. So there are lots of reasons to not be unhappy, which in a lot of other countries then it's very difficult to survive or manage in in some of those situations. So I think that's that's that's. I mean, I think uh, if you walk around the streets, you don't see people smiling and beaming with happiness and joy that's not what it's about it's about having a a, a standard of welfare that takes away most of the worries or difficulties that you might face
1: because that's exactly my take that denmark could be rated as like one of the most secure
0: Mm.
1: or um, most maybe content uh, with the situation countries but actually this has always kind of like surprised me because it's actually called the happiest country and if you go around on the streets especially in wintertime, happiness is not something that hits you in the
0: face <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it wouldn't make a very good headline would it Denmark is the least unhappy country in the world
0: but that would probably be better phrasing for that no I I you know, it's a, it's a interesting what you said Marta because there is a level between there is a difference between being content and provided for mm-hmm. and being genuinely happy. I remember one time just to give you an example, I talked with my friend from one of the Latin countries. He said that the most happy people he have ever seen were poor villagers somewhere in some mountains. They were the most happy people. They had no welfare. They were basically in in their own tribe doing things manually. So happiness is a state of mind. For me personally, it's not that I am being provided. It's like comfort zone, right? We all can stay in our comfort zones forever, but it doesn't mean we will be happy. We will just be comfortable. So for me, that was always a very tricky thing that I have heard, you know, especially that many internationals, That's actually what I have experienced are um, having some sort of a, a, you know, like feeling down, depression kind of things when they are staying here for longer. I think a lot of it is because of the weather, because if you have so much wind, so much uh, grayness, it's normal that the weather will influence you. Right. But I, I think those are two different things, you know, happiness and being comfortable. I think Denmark is a wonderful country for taking care of people. But I'm not necessarily naturally boosting with happiness here.
1: So that, that was exact. That's an interesting fact, I think. And we could talk about it for a long time. But I think there is another interesting fact that we should look into. Fact number three. Summer is a state of mind, not an actual season.
0: <laughs> I oh, found yeah. it
1: hilarious. So uh, <laughs> those facts, I collected them on the Googles. I on went the Google. Yeah, I went and read quite a lot of different um, articles and uh, reviews about Denmark and so on. So I I really like this. Summer is a state of mind, not an actual season. And of course, this year we actually had summer. Oh boy,
2: did we have summer.
1: Yeah, this year there was actually summer. But if you review the previous seven years of your life, how has the summer weather, <laughs> summer season,
0: looked like? Yeah. How does summer treat you?
2: It's not really been that summery, has it? Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, I I I I have to confirm that's mostly state of mind here in. Denmark. But I'm not
2: really a summer person anyway. I so by of, this you're not I like autumn and winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay, so. so you were not happy this summer.
2: No, no, I I enjoyed it a lot. It was really really nice. Um, but you know i i quite look forward to autumn and i I really look forward to winter when it's dark and cozy and and then and maybe that's part of the you know they they say uh, there's this story about the the man who hits himself on the head with a hammer the whole time because it's really nice when it stops um i really enjoy that about (laughs) in denmark i really notice that the winter is finished when spring comes along it's the first time i've enjoyed spring i always used to uh, spring was always just a bit annoying for me God, this is because so like true. should I wear a jacket shouldn't I wear a jacket is it gonna be warm or rainy today and now it's uh, whoa! that was that was a real winter wasn't that was a real long winter and that gives you a sense of relief and and release
0: I completely agree spring and summer when it actually arrives is the most beautiful thing in Denmark ever I have never appreciated Sun as I have appreciated it here. So very good example of the hammer and the head.
1: I'm wondering if it could also have something to do with the age. I noticed that people, when they mature, they get to look into the nature actually more, and they actually get to notice the changes, the seasons, and so on more. So I think people who live in other countries, they may also experience this kind of change just because they mature more. And I think we start to notice these kind of things and get closer to nature. Does that mean that we get older or what? What More are mature? you what are you tr- that's, More the, mature. that's the
2: unfortunate thing with seasons, isn't it? Every mm. time you get hit another summer you're another year older.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll I'll close that fact. Thank Let's you. look into fact number four. Yeah. Learning the Danish alphabet will not help in actually learning the Danish language. True or false?
2: That's completely true.
0: That's, and that's I, I totally... did I did
2: bring an interesting fact to my own. I didn't know if I was supposed to, but um, and it's about the Danish language, which has more vowel sounds than any other Indo-European language. There's thirty two. English has twelve sounds, vowel sounds, and Danish has thirty two, which is why it's so hard for us to understand the difference between certain words or for Danish people to completely misunderstand what we're trying to say when we get our vowel sounds. Slightly wrong because I was using vowel number 29 instead of 28. But <laughs> to my ear, they're indistinguishable. But it's the, that yeah. has it's, it's um, I think it's and then there are more combined phonemes in Danish. So the sounds that you can make with your mouth, there are more in Danish than there are in anything except Lithuanian in the whole of Europe.
1: OK, so Lithuanian is more than
2: That's got, uh, Danish has 52 and I think um, Lithuanian has uh, uh, yeah, has a few more.
1: Oh, oh, I didn't know that part. I knew about the vowels. Mm-hmm. I have actually seen like a video on YouTube once about the Danish vowels, but uh, the fact about Lithuanian I, I did not know that. But I heard you speak in Danish and you actually sounded pretty well so you have managed to get there.
2: Yeah, luck rather than talent
0: (laughs) luck rather than talent. how does luck help learn danish i want to get uh, where do i get it (laughs) well first of all antony you are married to a dane so i think that that usually helps or no
2: no because we never we 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 never spoke danish at home no no No, because um because especially because i wanted um, my son to to pick up english as soon as possible so it was only ever english at home and then and then i work i don't work in denmark i work in my little studio in the house and most of my clients are from outside All of over Denmark the, yeah yeah. Over
0: the world. yeah so how how <laughs> yeah we want to know we want to know now
2: actually uh, since joining the the winter bathing club last year my danish has got better and better because i'm
0: You have to learn how to scream for help.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Partly. And uh, also, you know, it's really important to know what the the difference between a stinging jellyfish and a non-stinging jellyfish is in Danish. So That's um, very important. Very important stuff, yeah. And most of the people that are down there tend to be a bit older. Um, So uh, they're more used to speaking German, for example, instead of English. So we have Mm. to, I have to talk in Danish.
1: So winter bathing is the secret if you guys want to learn Danish,
2: or <laughs> <laughs> well, join any any um, any club, whether that's cycling or running, or um, you can go to Danish school and you can work in Denmark and that. But if you want real social Danish, or at least to stretch yourself a little bit beyond what you are used to, then joining a club because you never know what you might be talking about. It's not just work; um, it's potentially anything.
1: Okay. The last fact before we get into the second song is. Denmark is world's worst at making friends. So that's an actual fact. There is an article about that, that just as Denmark scores very high on social security, on education and so on among expats, but actually the same Denmark actually scores very high, like the highest in the world on being the world's worst in being able to make friends when you're an expat in Denmark. But that's a relative true uh,
2: That's true but I think it's a I think you I think that's put in it, putting it the wrong way around because I think Danish people are probably better at making firm friends for life in their circle of friends and family. And do they need to make more friends? No. <laughs> that's a problem for us as expats maybe, but it's not a problem for Danish people and it's probably large, you know, it probably helps with the level of contentment and, you know, yeah, the the social feelings of um Of the culture. Yeah, it is evaluated
1: by expats. It is totally. Yeah,
2: yeah. 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 So it's just something we have to suck up (laughs) as expats. And I don't think it should be judged as worst at making friends.
1: I copy paste. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, Yeah, I'm
2: disagreeing with (laughs) them, not you, just to be clear. Yeah.
0: No, but I I can see the point because I don't think really this is a secret. It's uh, definitely very challenging and hard to make friends with uh, Danes when you are a person from another country there are uh, very few people I know that were able to do it usually someone in a family that is a Dane helped them but it is quite difficult and uh, that's uh, an experience that most of people I know have Uh, and I think it is a part of a culture indeed I think it's a culture that is a very intimate culture as you said they can make friends in kindergarten actually we have Kathy here talking about networking in Denmark. She's from Philippines. And she said that, you know, many times Danes, they just made friends in kindergarten and they have the same friends until the end of their lives. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why.
1: Yes. So let's close the second part of the show with that notice. And you will now be able to hear the second song, which is entitled
0: The Way It Goes. Is it correct? That's
2: Um, correct. Yes.
0: Jillian... Welch.
2: Gillian Welch Thank and this you. was actually, I, I. you asked me to choose a couple of pieces of music for the show and I'm really not very good at that kind of thing so I actually asked my son Elliot and this was a piece that he heard on the radio. I love Gillian Welch anyway, she, she does beautiful sort of country Americana kind of music and we just happened to be listening to the radio one day and Elliot said oh, I really like this song, Can we hear it again and again and again. So when I asked him when we were cycling to school yesterday what songs I should play, he said this one.
0: Okay, so with a special dedication to Elliot Anthony's son. Hello, back after this
1: beautiful piece of music. We are in a third part of You've Got
0: Five Options live show, which is not a live. So <laughs> well the show is very much alive. We are just not really sure if we are on air, which by definition is a definition. Oh my god, I have a native British speaker oh. Which should OK., See, okay maybe, anyway, there, maybe there: are This some... is a live
1: show which is going to be released only as a recorded show. <laughs> Anyhow, we have now a very interesting part of the show, because we will be talking about five questions that we have asked our uh, network about, and we had a very high response this time. So we've had a lot of people giving their opinion. And we will now also ask Anthony, what is his opinion about those questions? Because he kind of is the mastermind behind some of them. Definitely, yes. So the first question is, how often do you ask yourself, what the heck am I doing here as an expat? And the options are every day, Mm -hmm. once or twice a week, once or twice a month. I love being here. Therefore, I don't ask myself that question. Almost never, or every time someone expects me to speak Danish.
2: For me, when I moved here, it was every morning,
1: just really? waking
2: up and thinking, "Whoa, what am I? De- Whoa, I live in a foreign country. I've never lived in a foreign country before. What? What? You know,
0: except of Sweden.
2: This was when I first moved to ah, first moved to Denmark. Yeah, the first, yeah.
0: the very yeah. first.
2: Yeah, and then I think I've been through all of those phases, and now I don't have to ask myself that question anymore because. Um, I'm quite content living here.
0: Con- content? Yeah. Does well, it we- mean that you are happy or content?
2: Well, happy, yeah. Happy, okay.
0: Oh, okay. So now you don't ask yourself this question anymore. No, no. You are perfectly happy where you are right now. Yes. So it's yeah. like this almost never.
2: Almost never, yeah. But okay. I think through, through the years, all of those different options I would have chosen.
1: Okay, so 25% of our, our respondents, they say, actually, I love being here. So that's the highest score, which is quite nice. Though, unfortunately, the second runner, which is almost as high, 23% is like every day. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like either you love it or you are like, what the heck am I doing here? And then we have 19% like once or twice a week, 9% as once or twice a month, and then 13 almost never, and 11 every time someone expects me to speak Danish. And now we will move on to the second question. If there was no limitations, where would you like to live now? So we will let you answer that question first before we tell you
0: no limitations. Imagine that. Although there are some limitations like physical, like like physics, because one guy answered and that was Nolan, uh, that uh, (laughs) simultaneously in three different places if there are no limitations. So we would like to say we meant uh, no limitations like financial, but not like that you can clone yourself and live in different dimensions. So, yes, without without the physical ph- ph- quantum physics thing. Where would you like to live if there were no limitations?
2: Would you know, I would actually, there's a plot of land just around the corner from where I live at a place called Hubelun, which overlooks the beach and overlooks the channel of Lillibelt over to Funen. And I would really like a house built into the hillside there because there's this beautiful cliff that goes down to the beach. And I always, always, always wanted to live by the sea and look out at the sea from my studio. So it's actually like 250 metres away from where I live now. So... You know, that's that's quite okay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm almost living the dream.
0: Yeah,
1: that's really amazing, really, really amazing. Well, for our respondents, forty percent of people said somewhere nice and warm. Twenty percent of people said my home country. Fifteen percent said I am unable to choose, and fifteen people also, fifteen percent also said I'd just stay here, and then ten percent said don't know where but I'd run away as soon as possible. So apparently there are some people who feel there are very strong limitations uh, to being uh,
0: you know, able to live. However, what about you, Anna? Well, uh, first of all, I knew that you will ask me. Second of all, you will get the same question back, so prepare yourself lady i don't know i uh, because there are some places that always i always had a lot of curiosity towards but i have never been like one of those places is hawaii i really 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 feel like i need to visit that place and i'm thinking maybe there's something more behind it maybe that's the place where i would like to live but uh, yeah i would say hawaii if there were no limitations because then i would assume there are no limitations to come back if it really sucks <laughs> um but um, appreciating everything that uh, Denmark has. There are definitely some things I miss and uh, weather is kind of one of them. So probably if there would be no limitations, I would look around and and choose myself another uh, country, at least try another country.
1: For me, it's the same as the weather.
0: I do like when it's
1: nice and warm. So I would have chosen that one. Do you have a specific place in mind? No, not necessarily. And we don't have that much time. So I will not elaborate on that question. How convenient. (laughs) But I will move on to number three. How often do you ask yourself, what the heck am I doing here on planet Earth? So now we are expanding to a broader question. It's not only about geographical location, although Earth is kind of geographical location as well. But it's more about, you know, this kind of like more or less like life purpose
0: kind of question. Like what and am I doing here? I
2: mean, I mean, that's the biggest question you could ever ask a person, and you want us to do that in. Yes. Eleven minutes. Because yeah. we
0: actually have we have results, so people know. Anthony, get your together well, let's hear what
2: other people would
1: say first okay and and just to be honest we do actually ask our guests that question so. I'm, I'm prepared <laughs> so okay so 28 percent of people said more often than i'd like to admit because still the question is how often do you ask yourself so it's not like what exactly uh, are you doing here on planet earth but how many 20, yeah 28 said more often than i'd like to admit 24 said almost never I don't think it makes any sense to ask that question, which I think it's sad, really. It makes a lot of sense to ask that question, in my opinion. it has a face like I killed a opinion. puppy. Okay, and then 24% says sometimes. 12% says I know exactly what I'm doing here. 12% says quite often. I haven't found the answer yet, which is why I am here. And then says every time I go to work, which is good news because there are not so, uh, like, you know, people are not so frustrated with uh, places they work. So, Anthony, what would be your answer?
2: Probably not very often because I think if you know what you're doing or why you're here, then you don't need to ask yourself that question. And you know? Yeah, I think so. Okay. You want me to tell you? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> do we? Do we, Marta? I
2: think uh, what anybody, what, what, yeah, what, what can you do with your life on Earth apart from leave some good things behind? So, you know, broadly, generally, there's nothing wrong with knowing that that's a good thing.
0: Mm-hmm. That's an interesting. And then you don't
2: have to ask yourself the question because you know what the answer is: just to leave good things behind.
1: That's a nice stuff. And then some people might feel a need to define. themselves what those good things are others people are pretty content with just knowing this
2: well you can do that on a big scale i want to leave you know i want to do good things for my son or for the Mm -hmm. the planet or you can do you could think about that in sort of all the decisions you make on a day-to-day basis big and small
1: yes and apparently there are some people that think that it makes no sense to ask that question because maybe they know Or maybe it's like a standard answer for them. But question number four, how often do you ask yourself, what should I be doing instead of what I am doing? So basically, that's a question for people who are not necessarily content with what they spend their time on doing. So how often do you ask yourself? And we had the choice of every day, once or twice a week, once or twice a month. I know exactly what i should be doing but i can't overcome limitations almost never or very often but i find no answer
2: well since i got five options i know <laughs> what i should be doing and what i am doing
1: so oh, before oh, thank you <laughs> so before you may have been asking yourself that question every day every day yeah really hmm? really was it every day pretty much i would say yeah okay and that is also the majority of answers of respondents said every day. And then 25% said once or twice a month. 25% said almost never. 15% of respondents said once or twice a week. And 2% said, I know exactly what I should be doing, but I can't overcome limitations. And 2% very often, but I find no answer. Mm. So I think that's a pretty tough situation to be in the 2% on both answers yeah it's a pretty tough spot though with a lot of potential
0: yes because it cannot get worse than that
1: (laughs) no i mean from there you are i think when you are (laughs) you can only you can only go up so what about you anna how often do you ask yourself what should you be doing instead what what you're doing
0: now since couple of months i don't because i do exactly what i should be doing and i what i love to do and what i feel like doing but if you would ask me a year ago i would be like every day every single day okay number
1: five question is if there were no limitations what would you love to be doing instead
0: so instead. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. so
1: instead of the job that you're doing now or, you know, whatever you spend your time, study or whatever, we had the following answers. Exactly what I'm doing now. I'd go and travel the world. I'd change my current job into my passion job. I have so many ideas I couldn't decide or no idea.
0: Hmm. What's your answer, Anthony?
2: Continue what I'm doing now. Yeah.
0: Same here. And it's because, you know... I'm from You've Got 5 Options. He listens to You've Got 5 Options. Obviously, You've Got 5 Options is a solution for everything, guys.
2: Should we do this again next year and find out if it's the same set of answers?
0: It would be amazing.
2: Let's do that.
1: That's pretty, pretty amazing. But tell us, Marta, what the rest said. Yeah, of course I will. So, 49% of people said, I'd go and travel the world. Seriously? Almost
0: half of people would go and travel the world. Yes,
1: seriously. And then the second runner was, I have so many ideas I couldn't decide.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the next one is 15%. I'd change my current job into my passion job. Mm-hmm. 11% says exactly what I'm doing now. So you guys are uh, 11%. Yeah. yeah. And 6% is no idea. Marta, And then where I have, are you? And uh, then I have uh, a comment of, uh, to this question. Uh, that one of the respondents has given to elaborate. Here's the show version of my answer if relevant. I think that through the work-life balance Denmark is offering, the lack of aggressive marketing and the excessive respect for personal space, aka most of the Danes will avoid you, you are forced to dig deep into yourself and find out what you are really what you really are and what you really enjoy doing with your life. Some might say because of boredom, which is fair. Cheers. And unfortunately, (laughs) I love this comment. I think it's brilliant.
0: (laughs) And I wanted to
1: call out the name, unfortunately, uh, in this file that was uh, prepared by our lovely intern. It doesn't say the name. So we are really sorry. The person who has sent this, I'm really sorry. I cannot call you out by name, but thank you. It
0: was a really entertaining <laughs> it, it, it was it was <laughs> I don't know what to say yet. So you basically look inside of yourself because you are bored and you have a lot of privacy because Danes are avoiding you well it it was a nice way to put it. yeah so. We are about to finalize our show. But before that, Marta, where were you in the fifth question? You are so much dodging the answers today. I am really dodging the answers and you are really pushing
1: to get those answers out. But uh, on another platform, which is called LinkedIn, you asked for plot twists. Yes. Yes. And that's also where I am right now. I want a plot twist, but if I announce it, it's not going to be a twist, but a planned and announced action so I will continue avoiding that question, but I will gladly answer in one year's time when we, are, uh, when we are following that, uh, following up on those questions. We have a deal. We have a deal. So guys, right now, we, I would like to thank you, Anthony, for joining us today on a day full of adventures. It's been a pleasure. And full of technical challenges that we have not entirely overcome even <laughs> until now. Even until now we are struggling. So I would like you to tell us what is the last song that we are going to play.
2: Uh, this is, again, another one kind of partly chosen by Elliot because this is our Dancing Around the Kitchen song.
0: Uh, meaning uh, that's not the title, I hope No, because... <laughs> but it's a song that uh, <laughs>
2: if you don't dance around the kitchen when you hear it, you should just try again later. Oops,
0: because I thought that this is another technical <laughs> issue. <we have. laughs> so... This time we will listen to Genesis.
2: Yes, by Grimes.
0: Grimes. Okay guys, Bye bye bye. Bye and let's dance around the kitchen. You are listening to You've Got Five Options Show, where we solve your life challenges. Remember that you can visit our
1: website, the5options.com, where you can submit your challenge or find our previous challenges.
0: That's all, folks.